G'day, welcome to On The Road, the number one Australian trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're an independent voice in Australian trucking and proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Here we go again with show number 162. Courtney Kyle's in for an interview with uh, Andy and a song. Bonnie Kellett comes at the end with one of her songs. Uh, Rob Free's got a bit of an interesting anecdote. Apparently, we don't work enough hours during the week. Uh, And uh, we've got the news. Andy and I will be doing the news together. Before we get started on that, though, I want to have a little bit of a say. I want to share something that happened on the Yume Highway the other night. We were northbound on the Yume. I was driving uh, a B-double towing a, a, a set of tankers. And it was absolutely bucketing down rain. We were northbound past the Mundoons and coming down onto that bit of a straight, flat area there yet just before you go to, you know, heading towards Goulburn. And there were half a dozen of us in a line uh, travelling pretty much together. Now, obviously different weights, but all B-doubles we were travelling together. And uh, obviously speeds vary from time to time, etc., etc. Now, uh, some bloke come up... The back and was was going to overtake us all. I think. I think he was. I think he was in a single. But um, there was a a fella in a B double coming along there, and he wanted to move out into the right hand lane and get out, and he had every right to be there doing what he was doing. He called up and asked for a little bit of space because he couldn't see what was going on because of all the spray. Right. This bloke was an Indian. Now, a bit of a giveaway. The accent. He didn't ask for anything unreasonable, though, in my opinion. I mean, we were there. We were talking on the radio, on the UHF. There was a little bit of banter going on. It's one of those nights, you know. And uh, yeah, anyway, this fellow asked for a little bit of space so he could get out. Now, he hadn't been talking up until that point. No one even knew who he was or, or anything like that. But as soon as he did start to talk, someone, and I don't think it was any of the guys that were travelling north. I think it was someone going south started going but but ding ding and all that sort of crap and started saying stuff like well you know if you can't see what you're doing you shouldn't be out here blah 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 right you know go home and all that sort of stuff now personally i find this stuff abhorrent i really do i find it very 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 hard to tolerate and i decided i was going to speak and what i said was simply this this bloke is out here doing what we're doing he's out here enduring the same pain we endure. He's out here enduring the same regulatory rubbish that we endure. He doesn't get any advantages. He doesn't get anything. Anyway, I I had my little soapbox moment, and then uh, this bloke that had been making the boot-boot-ding-ding comments come and say, oh, what is he, your your brother-in-law, is he, mate? And I said, no, he's not my brother-in-law. He's my brother of the road. He's our brother of the road. That's the way it used to be in this country. I find it disgusting, the way people carry on. We want these Indian drivers to communicate with us and talk to us. That's the biggest complaint. These guys don't talk to us and don't communicate with us. And yet, as soon as they try to, some idiot is perfectly happy to start going boot, boot, ding, ding. If I was them, I'd turn the bloody UHF off as well. And I would just run my own race and screw the lot of you. It's our own fault some of this is happening. We really do need to wake up to ourselves and smell the roses because it's not going to change, right? The Indians aren't going back to India. In case some of you hadn't worked it out, finding drivers that can actually drive, it's getting a little bit more difficult. The old dinosaurs like me are getting to the point where we're starting to think about retiring and and leaving the industry. Now, we can say all we want about the licensing system. We can say all we want about the the way these guys are trained. We can say all we want about how they get into the game. What people don't talk about is how who the people that really are to blame for this are the ones that employ these guys without making sure that they're trained properly or without taking the steps to train them once they employ them. They expect people to just sort of come in, throw them the keys, go away and do the job. We can't expect that. We really can't. And the reality is that there are a lot of guys out there uh, from this country who could probably stand a little bit of training as well. But this calling people names and carrying on over the UHF 
and uh, you know, being perfectly willing to say things you would never, ever, ever have the balls to say to someone's face, that's childish, it's cowardly, and every time I hear it, I will say so. And I would encourage, in fact, I would love it if people who start to think in the same way that I do about these guys, they're out here just trying to earn a living, it's not without its issues, but if people would start to say that, we can get this sort of culture crap out of our industry. We don't need it. Say good day to these guys when you feel them beside them at the pump. I do. We're brothers of the road. It's about time we started to behave that way. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. Howdy, Mike. Now, the last time we spoke, you were busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking competition. Anything changed? No, it's still the same, mate. I'm driving up and down and and uh, trying to do a radio show and trying to uh, do a bloody podcast and all the rest of it. I put the magazine to bed though, mate. It's gone to the printer. Well done. So we'll have a little bit of a break for a, break for a few days. But, of course, we've got the next one to do and, of course, the busy Christmas period in there. So mm. we'll try and sort of get it, Bono. The silly season. Silly season. I think silly mm. season's already started. Oh, Yeah. I don't think silly season ever goes away anymore, mate. It's twelve months of the year now. Consistently silly. You've only got to look at what's going on around the world at the moment. It's crazy. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good thing you can multitask as well as you do, mate. You'd make a very good woman. <laughs> and, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Well, it's all right. I could probably win that woman of the year thing. I'll make Dylan Mulvaney run, <laughs> man. And I reckon I'm better looking than him. Oh, easy. So easy. you know. How misogynistic is that, though? Yeah. I mean, that, that a man can be a better woman than any other woman in the world. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Oh, I just can't. I don't know, mate. The world, the world is just not the same world I grew up in, I don't, don't think. No. It's gone nuts. All right. Anyway. I'll so, go on. news we're not talking about. Things we're not talking There's lots of stuff that we're not actually talking about. Hmm. We're not talking about the uh, the new big... Uh, Mac that they've sort of got out with a 70-inch sleeper on it. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. We're not going to talk about the Iveco S-Way. We're not going to talk about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about the electric Actros unveiled in Germany. Right. We're not going to talk about the Super B Actros combo joining the Finnamore fleet. We're not going to talk about any of that. We're not going to talk about little light jump starters for heavy trucks. Hmm. Um, we're not even going to talk about the I-98 FM Illawarra Convoy for kids at the moment because that's going to be really big. We'll talk about that down the track. They've got yeah. a few uh, pretty big headline acts there, Thirsty Merc and all that sort of stuff. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Okay. We're not going to talk about the urgent transport reform bill going through the uh, the Senate. We talked about that the other night. And yeah. I'm certainly not going to talk about ignorant car drivers dicing with death and danger and things like that. <laughs> So that's the stuff we're not going to talk about, mate. Well, I tell you, we definitely shouldn't talk about the Australian cricket team's performance at the World Cup in India, either. Don't even talk about that, and certainly not talking about the Wallabies, right, eh? No. Well, as, as someone once said, the difference between Cinderella and the Australian cricket team is that Cinderella knew when to leave the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I heard from someone that the Aussie cricket team trialled a horse in the lead-up to the World Cup because the owner assured Captain Pat Cummins that 
the horse was a brilliant batsman. Yeah, right. Desperate for someone in the team who could actually bat. Yep. He let the nag open in a trial match against the Bangladeshi. You're right, eh? So first ball, old Nettie punches it over the boundary for six. Yep. And then again and again, six off every ball in the first over. Okay. The change of ends at the end of the over, it was David Warner facing and he got an edge to the ball, heading off to deep fine leg with a chance for a quick single. Warner sets off absolutely flat out for the run. Yep. The horse just stands there at the bowlers and nibbling on the grass around the stumps. <laughs> run, you idiot, run, Warner shouted. The horse just looked up him and said, Well, mate, if I could run, give me a break, I'd be at bloody Flemington, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. I knew that was coming, but yeah. Yeah, it was a bit obvious. No, no, but no, it's a great, it's a great story. Great, Jack. Good on you. Yeah, I'd like to meet that horse. No, no, well done. I'd like to meet that horse as well. Mm. All right. On with the news. Mike, with the rebuilding of the Fitzroy River Bridge in WA after the January floods destroyed the old one, comes the news that work is apparently six months ahead of schedule and the bridge will reopen to all traffic before Christmas. Mm. Six months ahead of schedule. I, I, I can't believe that. What the? Yes, indeed. Apparently they tried the, well, they tried the new construction uh, technique where they sort of build it and sort of pushed it out into place and they had a bit of a crack. Mm. And uh, I actually think... Oh, that's no... Sorry? Good. You don't want to crack in the bridge. But no, you don't want to crack in the bridge, no. <laughs> uh, but no, they've, they've, they've basically done something that we've not seen done before and they appear to have pulled it off. So very interested to see uh, how the bridge goes. Yeah. They're uh, working on the deck uh, surfacing and safety barriers and road construction on either end of the bridge approaches as we speak. Mm. Uh, it's going to be a huge sigh of relief for everyone up there in the Kimberley when they get it done. Of course, there's a hell of a lot more damage up there that's still to be repaired on some of that road. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that bridge is just one small part of the whole thing. Oh, mate, Cam Dumsney's paid uh, tribute to the main roads for their forward thinking. Wow. And, uh, yeah, no, that's good. Get a compliment out of Cam. You're going well if you get a compliment out of Cam. Yeah. He's the, uh, you know, he's the best-dressed uh, transport sort of... Uh, CEO in Australia. Just ask him, he'll tell you. Uh, I always uh, thought that was you. No, no, no. Cam's got me beat by a mile, mate. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the stopgap bridge solution was sort of closed in mid-September ahead of the wet season and uh, there was the single-lane causeway, which was a little bit further upstream. Obviously, there are some contingency plans for things down the track, but uh, this bridge being reopened is going to take a lot of pressure off all that other th all that other infrastructure, and obviously, Western Australian uh, roads tough to keep maintained. There's a lot of varying weather conditions and damage that occurs up there. So the construction of that bridge in that time frame really is uh, is something, and you've got to congratulate the transport minister. Well, not the transport minister because uh, the transport minister didn't do anything. It was the people no. that built the damn thing that did the work. He would have turned the first shovel anyway. Well, that's right. Would have had a, one of those little silver shovels with a thing silver on it. Silver spoon, yeah. You know, and a, and a bloody a, a clean hard hat and a clean vest. That's about how it goes. Bit of a mm, mm. big thanks to all the workers involved. That's all we can say there. He probably bought Dan Andrews one secondhand on a <laughs> gum tree or something. <laughs> oh, don't even don't start. Uh, well, hopefully this time if we have another 100-year flood, it'll uh, hold out. It'll be literally a bridge over troubled waters. Mm. Good mm. on you. Well done. There's a great Beatles reference. That was Simon and Garfunkel, actually, but we won't go. Bridge there. over troubled water? Yeah. All right. There you go. I'm brain dead. Okay, good. It's <laughs> all right. Thank goodness one of us is here to do the music and the other one knows all about well, trucking. Well, you see, this is... You're, <laughs> can you back a road train, dude? Can I? Yeah. No, mate. I can't even spell it. That's right. So, <laughs> well, you're qualified then. I'll get your license. You'll be right. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. I don't know anything about music, so there you go. Oh, indeed. Well, Mike, moving along in the latest round of industry consultation on the revised heavy vehicle national law front, uh, there's a wide range of topics up for discussion according to the National Transport Commission. Yes, their consultation regulation impact statement or CRIS is uh, open to submissions at the moment, closing on the 24th of November. You've got to get your submissions in. I mean, you can find, uh, you can actually go to the NTC's website and you can find out some more information about that. Mm. 
as you say, a large package of reforms. NTC CEO Michael Hopkins is fairly excited about the thing. He reckons the, the goal is to simplify the law and make heavy operation vehicles safer and road freight more efficient. Well, that'd be nice if they could do that. Of course, there are many other aspects of our operations that uh, the NTC should have sorted out. Things like, um, oh, I don't know, licences. That's been on the back burner for a little while. Let's get that one done too. Yeah. Uh, They're going to do some reforms with respect to increasing vehicle lengths from 19 to 20 metres and going to do some research on whether there'd be any adverse outcomes to road safety or road infrastructure. I mean, give me a break. It's three feet. It's, you know, it's ridiculous. Uh, we're running around now. It just seems as though if you've got the money, you can pay for the permit. You can get yourself a, a, a cab over and tow a 53-foot trailer, and that's fine. They're, you know, they're allowed to be 23 metres. We've got 25-metre, 26-metre, 27-metre B-doubles now. We've got A-doubles or alphabet road trains, I like to call them, running around all over the place these days, seeing them in places where... Uh, you don't normally see him. Saw one running up and down through Bexley, the Sydney suburb of Bexley the other day, a bloody A-double. Right. So, you know, 20-metre single trucks aren't really going to be that much of a problem. I don't know why we need to keep asking all these questions. And, of course, that Big Mac that we're not talking about, that mm. thing's going to have a 70-inch sleeper on it. So you'd slam that in front of a 45-foot trailer and be legal, I think, I think, uh, and at least the drivers then would have some reasonable accommodations and some, some facilities which aren't mm. available in the rest areas that they're not building at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, you know, unless what will happen, though, let me let me just paint a picture for you. What will happen is that they'll they'll grant this increase in length 20 metres. Yeah. And then someone will say, well, geez, everyone can tow a 53-foot trailer now. We'll cut more pallets for the same amount of money. That's what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just does my head in. It's always been the case. Every time we've got a bit more length, we slam it on the trailer. How about we yeah. start slamming it on where the driver sits and where they do their work up and down the highway, make life a little bit more comfortable? What about their occupational health and safety? I challenge yeah. anyone to uh, make it the case that you can have 20 metres, but only if you add it to the cab. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? So simpler, more flexible law, improve road network access, fatigue management, duties and driver health they're talking about. So there you go. A little bit of fatigue management with a bigger cab would be nice. Codes of practice, better operation and operator certification and input on technology and data. If you've got anything to say about any of that, I suggest you go to the NTC website and uh, put in your submission. If you don't say anything, if you don't want to help fix the problems, don't whinge when it, you don't get what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Right, eh? But, mate, on the subject of the bigger cabs, yep. wouldn't it be cheaper if they just employed shorter drivers? You know, just <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a gig as a driver unless you're under five foot, something like that. Give yourself an uppercut, dude. Yeah, done. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Adding to the alarming list of road transport companies that have shut down in recent times, Mike is a trucking company based out of Glendinning in New South Wales closing their doors for the last time after 45 years in the business of interstate logistics. Freeman Freighters. Now, mm. we're talking about what's going on there. If you look at any of the social media at the moment, there's everyone seems to think that they know what's going on. Mm. And very, very few of the comments that I've seen on social media about what's happened at Freeman's has got any connection with reality at all. Yeah. Right Now, I worked for Freeman Freighters for three and a half years. I know Darren Freeman personally, and I know what's happened with this business. Now, people are saying, yes, Darren's back in business again and all that sort of thing. Well, that's fine, and why shouldn't he be? Hmm. Because what people don't understand is that Darren sold his business. He sold it to this bloke, Kevin Yao, your Yao, whatever his name is, Y-A-U, hmm. right? He hmm. sold his business. He was out of business. Sold it. The bloke took over Darren's contracts and all the rest of it. Now, Darren always owned the buildings that he used as his depots. And they were rented to Mr. Yao and Freeman Freighters. Mm. And uh, 
for some reason or another, Mr Yao and the people he was involved with ran the business into the ground. I know personally from speaking to some of the drivers that worked there that after Darren left the business, things changed markedly. And Jimmy, the uh, the chap who unfortunately lost his life at Tarkata, is a driver I knew personally, not well, enough to say hello Jimmy to, but that was all, was a pretty good operator, I've been told. And there was a number of serious accidents that some Freeman trucks were involved in. Not to mention the uh, dash cam video that we saw uh, splashed all over the news on Channel 7 of a Freeman Freighters truck on the wrong side of the road forcing someone off the road. You remember that one? Mm. Now, those that set of trailers that were on that video were the set of trailers that I used to tow backwards and forwards between Perth and uh, Sydney every week. Okay. So that was the truck that did that. You have to wonder how Mr. Yao and that did what they did. And you've only got to look at the incidents that they were involved in, the change of management, etc. Darren ran a pretty tight ship when I was there. The maintenance was always done and things were, were pretty right. Now, just like everyone else, I'm sure that if you stick the probe up there you'll find some little minor inconsistencies here and there because I don't think that there'd be a transport business in Australia that at one time or another hasn't bent or broken some rule. Well not while they're being run by humans anyway. Not while they're being run by humans. Yeah. So to have all the comments that have been going backwards and forwards about how Darren's been in and out of business and he's done all this sort of stuff Yes, I'm sure that there have been circumstances in the past where where Darren has, has done some things that you know, may or may not have worked out. I don't know. What I do know is that Darren is in no way responsible for what's happened here, in no mm. way responsible for what's happened here. What he's done is he's taken possession of his buildings back and he's thought, well, bugger it, I'm going to start up another business. I'm going to start another trucking business. Mm. All right. So there are issues here with how much uh, Darren's been paid by Mr. Yow as well. I yeah. don't believe Mr. Yow's paid Darren uh, money he agreed to pay him. Okay. So, you know, there are a lot of questions there. Uh, and I think that Darren's been unfairly maligned. That's just my opinion, of course. Uh, there are others, of course, who may have said other things. I've seen some of the comments from guys that I know that used to drive for him that have all said basically what I've just said. Mm. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah, you know, the, the reality here is that we're looking at some of these stories that have been published by our trucking media colleagues and they have done nothing, nothing to get to the heart of the story. They have done nothing to make sure that what their story, that, that they're putting out is actually 100% accurate. There are elements of truth to it, right? But it's not right. And it, it does my head in. Yeah. The other part about this is because I know this case reasonably well and I know Freeman Freighters reasonably well and I know Darren and all the rest of it, and I know what's really happened there uh, and I see the p- reporting about it and see the crap that's on social media about it, I wonder what other stories have been bastardised in the same way this one has. Oh, yeah. So... Darren's no particular mate of mine. He was a guy I worked for and I liked, right? And I will say to you that he never, ever, ever gave me a hard time. And when I left Freeman Freighters, it was because uh, Rose, who was my two-up partner, didn't want to continue and I didn't want to do two-up with someone other than Rose. That was why I left. It wasn't over any dispute over money or hours or trucks or maintenance or any of those things that people Mm. are suggesting that Darren cuts corners on or cut corners on. So for me, it was purely the case that I didn't want to work with someone else doing two up other than Rose. And that was the only reason that I left. And if I was to go back and do two up with Rose or something like that, I would would have been quite happy to go back and work for Darren. Mm. He had his own freight out out of Western Australia back to Sydney and regular freight going across. And he only he specialised in, in, in one market, and that was plants. Yeah. 
So it's not as if he was doing general all over the place. It's not as if he was undercutting anyone, uh, unless he's undercutting Bunnings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who he would have been undercutting. He specialised in one uh, one bit of transport business. He wasn't carting sugar out of Bundaberg, you know? Yeah. It just does my head in that, you know, people are quite happy to make up their stories on social media and then other people are more than happy to chime in and say, oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, this is how they work, phoenixing and all that. Phoenixing is not an issue here. All the all the equipment that was sold to Mr. Yao has ended up at the auctions. Not mm-hmm. as if Darren's got it back at cut price and gone back to business doing that. That's not happened. You know, it just happens that he's taken, he's taken the possession of his buildings that he already owned that he'd rented to Mr. Yao and um, decided to restart a transport business. And God forbid he's chosen to use a variation of the name that he had. He's using his own name. Mm. What a bastard. You know, what an absolute bastard. Why would you trade on your own name? So the obvious question, Mike, the the plants he was carrying, they weren't the ones with those quite distinctive shaped leaves. No, no, no. They were were varieties of garden plants and things like that. We used to bring back uh, plants from Western Australia, things like they call them, uh, they call them these days, um, I can't think of what they call them, hair plants or some bloody things, black boys anyway, that's what they were called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Back back when you could say that. Yeah, yeah, back when you could say that. And... uh, you know, varieties of other things. We used to bring back Christmas trees, mate. Three three truckloads of Christmas trees just before Christmas. They had little Christmas tree farms over there growing Christmas trees. Oh, how nice. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I won't name some of the nurseries we carted for because it's just pointless. But, yeah. you know, we were bringing back, uh, you know, seedlings and things like that. Uh, a B-double load, you know, every week in, a, in the chiller trailers to keep them cool across the desert so they didn't get burnt on the on the top. Every week, regular as clockwork, three and a half years, Rose and I did that for. Just out of interest, sake, did the authorities sort of carefully check the loads each time? We had to have, we had to have all the, the appropriate releases and they had to be all fumigated and all the certification and things like that. But yeah, they did, particularly running through South Australia. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just meant, you know, whether they were, they were going through with a fine tooth comb to make sure there was nothing additional going through with it, you know. Oh, no, they were, they were the all the plants and everything were all fumigated before they left and all certified and inspected yeah. and uh, and that sort of thing and we put them on the trailers and closed the closed the curtains up and yeah, yeah. I, I'm unaware if we bought anything back that we we shouldn't have right. probably I don't think any Western Australians sneak into the trailers and came back with us <laughs> yeah fair enough you never know though no no. No. You never know. But yeah, that's it. Darren Freeman is not the evil person he's being portrayed to be. And uh, all I can say is um, rest in peace, Jimmy. Yeah. Well, there you go. You got a little bird in the background there, mate. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. singing along. So any uh, anything breaking for us, mate? No, no breaking news this week, except for the fact that I'm going to be on the road over the weekend. And uh, I'm doing a bit of that so but that will be I was on the road I was on the road over the weekend because it's Monday so it'll be history by then won't it yeah well I'm sorry you've got all this extra work to do when you're already so busy but I'm pleased to know that you're physically back to your brilliant best again and able to do all this it's good oh yeah mate I'm fit as a Mally Bull and twice as dangerous mm. I, I do have a bit of breaking news actually when you think about it yeah Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. I'm not getting me nino back. You're not? No. Ever? No. I'm getting a Western star. How, how do you feel? Are you coping all right, mate? No, no, I'm okay. I've, I'm going to have to buy some new slippers, though. Yeah. Because I'm not sure my nino slippers will work quite so well in a Western star. I don't know. Possibly not, but is there any therapy involved? Or I am going to need therapy. Yeah. Uh, probably because the the tankers I'm towing, I'll be towing all the time, mm. have actually got Kenworth mud flaps on them. Well, that's just confusing. That is. And uh, so, and I'll be towing it with a Western Star. So I'm, I'm going to have to have a a bit of a chat about that. That uh, does strike me as a little bit, I don't know, upsetting. Yeah. 
Yeah, there you are. Oh, the end of an era. Well, yeah, I suppose for the time being. Yeah. Mm. Life moves on. Western Stars are a good track. I, oh, I, yeah. I don't mind the Western Stars. It's got a big sleeper on it and, and a big Cummins in it. So, you know, I mean, it'll go all right. Yeah. No reason why it won't go all right. We, we, we all know where your heart lies. Ding. Uh, we all know yeah. where your heart lies. Well, I love the 9 mate. You know mm. that. Mm. Love the 9 Anyway, there you anyway. go. Well, thought for the week for you. Mm-hmm. Hit me. It's a serious one, this one. It's a timely reminder for us all, given the current situation in the Middle East. Yep. It was a part of an address to the United Nations in 1961 from John F. Kennedy, and he said, mankind must put an end to war or war will put an end to mankind. True words never spoken. Yeah. 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 So with that little uh, gem... I wish you to go in peace, old mate. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Hmm. Catch you later. See ya. Indeed. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast every week. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. Just before in the news there, Andy and I were talking about the NTC's serious statement on the review of the heavy vehicle national law and the things that they're proposing. As we said, you're going to be able to comment on that up until about November 24. There's a little bit of a YouTube video that they've got a link to from their website. I'm just going to share with you now the audio of that, which uh, gives you some idea of what they're saying that they're on about. I'd encourage you to go to the website and put in a submission. And as I said when I was talking to Andy, um, if you don't put in a submission and don't have something to say, well, you won't be heard, obviously. But uh, you also can't complain if you don't get what you want. Anyway, here you go. Here's the audio. Australia's heavy vehicle national law is out of date. The National Transport Commission has been working with the trucking industry, the bus industry and governments to update the law to make driving a heavy vehicle safer and road freight more efficient. The Heavy Vehicle National Law regulates heavy vehicles bigger than 4.5 tonnes and it applies to most states and territories apart from Western Australia and the Northern Territory. As it is, the law is too complicated. We want the future Heavy Vehicle National Law to work for everyone, from truck drivers to major transport companies and along the whole supply chain. Instead of having to change the law to enable innovation, we want to move some things out of the law and into regulations so that it is easier and quicker to change the rules when change is needed. We want to hear from you on options for the future law. You can have a say on how a better national law can help manage fatigue, improve general access and simplify how assurance and accreditation are managed. The options are detailed in our consultation report. Or you can read a summary on the NTC website or join an online information session. The consultation is open till the 24th of November, 2023. We'll take feedback on board before presenting a new draft law to Australia's transport ministers next year. For more information, visit the NTC website, www.ntc.gov.au. There you go, pretty straightforward. Uh, please, as I say, go and have a look and... Participate if you can. G'day, it's Andy here with a return visit from one of our favourite Aussie country music artists. Crowned the best female vocalist at the 2023 Australian Country Music People's Choice Awards, her debut album, The Good Kind, was the number one Australian album on the iTunes Country Australia chart, which included no less than four of her number one hit tunes. She's performed with the likes of Gina Jeffries, Tanya Kernigan, Andrew Swift and the Whitlams and is currently shining as the star of the Johnny Cash The Concert Tour, performing in the role of June Carter. She's appeared on Australian TV many times as well as performing the national anthem at the Bathurst Supercars race and the NBL Grand Final. 
In every song she releases, she brings amazing vocal depth, passion and authenticity. It's the brilliant Courtney Kyle and she's here with us once again to talk music and a whole lot more. Hey, Courtney, it's been a while since we caught up. Welcome back. Nice to hear your voice again. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to be chatting. The last time we spoke, you just released your great new single at the time, Let's Pretend, from your debut album, The Good Kind. Yeah. And here we are many months later to talk about your brand new single. But before we do, what have you been up to since then? Well, it's definitely been a busy year and, and starting the year with the album release definitely kicks things off on, on a good note. Oh, yeah. Really let those first few months really breeze through pretty quickly. <laughs> but it's been an incredible year so far. And it's just nice now to be getting back into writing and releasing music again amongst playing a bunch of shows. It's been really amazing. Yeah. Well, you've been getting rave reviews for your role as June Carter in the Johnny Cash concert tour. How's that been for you? Oh, it's been so wonderful. I absolutely love doing those shows. It's very special getting to perform such iconic classic music that, you know, I, I was raised on and, and I know a lot of other people have been too. So it's been very special. The hardest part is just making sure I do it all justice. <laughs> yeah, well, from what I've heard, you certainly have and then some. Thank you. And I see there's a new project happening too. You're teaming up with Bonnie Kellett for a run of shows called The Fierce and Fearless Tour. How did that collaboration come about? Well, it, it was actually Bonnie's idea to start with. She was releasing her album a couple of months ago and we were trying to work out how as newer artists we can get out playing shows without having that pressure of feeling like you're doing it all on your own and trying to get crowds out and people to support and venues to support. So we thought, you know, if we team up, hopefully that might be an easier way to support each other through all of this. Yeah. And hopefully find a way to, you know, get people out to shows because I know these days with the cost of living and everything, it can get quite tricky, you know. Mm. People, I think, are wanting to get to shows, but they've got to pick and choose. So I thought, well, if we do two for the price of one, it might, might be a good option. Absolutely. Well, it works for the supermarkets. Why not? Exactly. So the tour kicks off at Tamworth in January. Is that right? Yeah, we we did a couple of shows this year, kind of getting into the flow of it, testing the format and seeing how it all works. But we'll be having our big, big show at Tamworth, which is going to be great on Sunday, the 21st of January. It's going to be at Moonshiners, which I'm so excited about because it's such a cool venue there and I've always wanted to play there. So we're going to have a lot of fun that day. We're going to have some special guests, which can't announce just yet, but it's uh, going to be good fun and then kick into doing a few more of the shows throughout the year as well. For sure. Bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. Courtney, the brand new single, Nothing Like a Sure Bet, what's the story behind the song? How did it come into being? Well, it all started one afternoon. I was having a little lie down because I love an afternoon nap. <laughs> yeah. As for afternoon naps, I think they're a totally underrated experience. Good on you. And it just was laying there. Every now and then I'll have these moments where ideas pop in that kind of half awake, half asleep state. And I just kind of started thinking about what it's like to gamble on love, mm. put your cards on the table and really just go all in. So often, you know, I like to write a good, sad love song. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this one, it was really about coming from an angle of confidence and, and, you know, being sure of yourself and just going for it. And I kind of let it roll around my head for a few weeks and then got to jump on a songwriting session with my producer, Rod McCormack, and Sally Barris, who's a good friend of mine over in Nashville, and she co-wrote Always First and Let's Pretend. So we always, you know, gel really well in the writing room. Yeah. So I thought we'd give it a go. And it was one of those days where it all just flowed really nicely and, you know, it all just felt right. Yeah. And it came out quite quickly, which was really nice when that happens because it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, got into it, the studio, then with Rod to record it. And just pretty immediately fell in love with it and thought, yep, this needs to be my return to releasing music after the album. Yeah, well, what a great team it is. Oh, well, thank you. It's been a real fun one to dive into this kind of confident little bit of sass in there as well and just having a bit of fun with some new sounds and making it really country still. Excellent. Now, we know you've got the Tamworth Country Music Festival coming up in January. What else have you got planned up until then? Well, in the meantime, roll through with this single. I'm actually going on a little holiday as well. I'm heading over to Japan next month. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And and then do some Christmas carols here on the New South Wales Central Coast, which will be lovely. 
and then I guess have Christmas and have a very short little break before ramping up into Tamworth, which will be super exciting. It's always the fun part of things where you feel that anticipation as Tamworth gets closer and closer. Yeah, be going all kamikaze then you will. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Courtney, I've introduced a new brief segment into our music interviews. It's called, and you're first up on this, so it, this will be a bit of fun. It's called Getting to Know You, and it's a, a few quick-fire questions so we can learn more about the person behind the artist. You up for it? Beautiful. Hit me with it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Getting to know you, getting to know all about Short answers only. Your favourite artist or band? Ooh, right now I'm loving Lainey Wilson. She's, she's a big inspiration at the moment. Okay, number two, your favourite place in Australia to perform? Oh, that's a tricky one. I think you'd have, I'd have to say Tamworth, yeah. just for the atmosphere and you know, everything there. It's just a bit of a magical spot. Okay. Number three, your favourite food? Ooh, well, I'd say on theme, Japanese at the moment. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Number four, your favourite movie? Ooh, mate, I always say this regardless of the fact it's a Christmas movie, yep. but the holiday. <laughs> Fair enough. And number five, and there's a very obvious answer to this one, your favourite Aussie tracking podcast and radio station. Oh, clearly this one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It's been great catching up again with the wonderful Courtney Kyle. Courtney, thanks for being available for a chat. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Really appreciate all your support over the last couple of years. I'm very grateful. Well, it's been our pleasure and our enjoyment. Now it's time to play your new single, mate. Would you please introduce it for us? Absolutely. My name is Courtney Kyle and you are hearing my brand new single, Nothing Like a Sure Bet. Cheers, Courtney. <laughs> See you later. Got a paycheck burning through my pocket stack deck. No way I can stop this playing like I'm all in, feeling like the queen of hearts. Got a poker face. I know that I've got this. I've raised the stakes.
So just another quick one, trolling around the internet, as I often do, and around Facebook. And uh, I came across old mate Rob Free doing a bit of a yarn, as he does from time to time. This one just made me laugh. So I thought I'd share it with you as well. It'll give you a laugh. Obviously, we've got to work 26 hours a day. I've got to work 26 hours a day, seven days a week. So I had this really odd comment the other day. I made a comment on another page where I said, I'm away from home for 93 hours a week. Now, I consider that to be a fair bit. Now, I know people do more. I used to do more myself. If you're away all week in a truck, you're going to be away for more than 93 hours. If you go away for several weeks at a time, you're definitely going to be away for more than 93 hours. I have no issue with that. But what I was saying was, I personally am away from home 93 hours a week doing this job. No issue. And then this person comments, I thought a man of your age would understand what it takes to run a business. You work 90 hours a week, double that if you're going to go out on your own. Now, I've got a few issues with this, because firstly, I've run my own business. I've had my own trucks. I know what it takes to run a successful transport business. But as an owner driver, quite frankly, you are not working at double the time you work as a company employee. Now let's just address the maths on that. I said 93 hours a week I'm away from home. He said, you're working 90 hours, double it if you want to be out on your own. Well, that's 180 hours a week. There are only 168 hours in a week. Now, is this bloke seriously telling me that he works seven and a half days a week? He doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat. He doesn't ever have a moment off. He works solid seven and a half days a week. I don't want to call bull****, but bull****. And if you are working every waking moment, let alone every moment, you're not running your business properly. Realistically, what are the extra parts of your time? Now, if you're doing work which is paying well enough to do, and I say this because a lot of owner-drivers do work that no one should do because the rate is so ridiculously low that they can't afford to do it. It's actually cheaper to let the truck stand still. Now, if you're going to do quality work, work that actually pays, then you don't have to be under the truck every, every five minutes. The old adage, if you're not driving it, you're under it, is a load of rubbish. You might get under it to grease it maybe once a week. What's that going to take you? 20 minutes, half hour? Apart from that, you've got a mechanic to look after your servicing. You've got an accountant to look after the money side of things. You've got an insurance broker to look after the insurance side of things. The only thing that you're having to do is organise your work. And most owned drivers either contract full-time to a company or a couple of companies, so that's to a minimum, or they're tow operators, which means the work is provided to them. So unless you are a genuine, out-on-your-own, independent contractor chasing work every week, you really don't have much extra. And before you say you've got to work every public holiday, I already do. I work every Christmas, I work every Easter, I work all of them. Joining forces with this week's music guest, Courtney Kyle, for their fierce and fearless tour in the new year. To take us out of this week's show, here's the big voice of Bonnie Kellett with her song simply called Devil.
is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 